What's up everybody, Chris here. We just want to give you guys a heads up. We originally recorded an episode for The Mean One, which is the Grinch slasher movie from last year. We ended up having some technical difficulties with that episode. We had an equipment malfunction about 40 minutes into recording. So we just decided to release uh, next week's episode on Jack Frost a week early. We wanted to tell you because you're going to hear us reference The Mean One quite a few times in this episode. Eventually, we will be releasing the Mean One episode, whether it's on here, on the Patreon, or whatever we end up deciding to do with it, it will eventually come out. But uh, yeah, we hope that you guys enjoyed Jack Frost, and we appreciate your understanding. Thanks. Hello everyone, it's time for some fun. Thanksgiving is over and Christmas has begun. We have the Grindhouse Syndicate, a horror movie show, kissing Mrs. Claus under a bloody mistletoe. We cooked Rudolph for breakfast and Donner for dinner. Is this movie a dud or maybe a winner? Let's talk about the plot, the budget and production, We'll talk about the kills, the thrills, and destruction. So thanks for joining us on this cold winter day. Because we watched this film and have nothing good to say. It was filmed in 97. What a magnificent year. When we all seen why the Titanic never made it here. But never mind that though. My whole point got lost. So sit back and enjoy as we cover Jet Frost. Is it a masterpiece film? Well, my opinion is no. But laughs you will have, and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone. I am your host, a carrot who has been places any teenage boy would dream of, and that is my co-host, 20% off. Damn, I couldn't be the (laughs) carrot? No. I guess I'm married. I can't be the carrot. Uh, And thanks for joining us today as we cover 1997's Jack Frost. But uh, if you want to stay up to date on what is going on with us or the show, talk about or submit your movie request, or just say hey, you can always find us at one of our social media accounts, Facebook at the Grindhouse Syndicate Horror Podcast, Instagram at grindhousesyndicate.horror.pod, and we got a TikTok account at the Grindhouse Horror Podcast at grindhouse.horror.pod. And subscribe or follow for alerts on new episodes. And we would love it if you gave us a review on whatever you were listening on. And uh, all those links are always located in the show notes for you guys. Except that one time. (sighs) We moved on from that. (laughs) Uh, So Jack Frost is a 1997 American direct-to-video black comedy slasher film. Written and directed by Michael Cooney, it stars Scott McDonald, Christopher Alport, and Shannon Elizabeth. It is about a notorious serial killer, Jack Frost, gets into a bizarre accident while on his way to his execution. 
this turns him into a mutant snowman. Yeah. It's very scientific. <laughs> mutant snowman. Uh, the sheriff who originally captured him has remained concerned about his return. And before long, bodies begin to pile up in the small community. And I realize that we have another serial killer getting stuck in a non-human body movie. Yep. And there's some other similarities between those two they, that we'll they're get both on. both funny? Uh, they, uh, we'll, just, we'll get to it in the plot. This is a pretty obvious one. The only time you ever see a turkey and a, a snowman raping somebody. Oh, no, no, no. I was talking about child's play. Oh. A serial killer. His soul gets stuck in a non-human thing and is now a murderer. Turkey could have been a serial killer. I just compared turkey body to to turkey. (laughs) Turkey and Jack Frost are way more similar than Chucky and Jack Frost. It's a fucking turkey serial killer and a snowman serial killer. And And they have a toy serial killer. Awesome one-liners. So does Chucky. Yeah, but but Chucky in the beginning didn't. He he. Uh, that wasn't until they started getting pretty bad. Uh, it was distributed by Apex Entertainment. It was released on November eighteenth of nineteen ninety seven and is eighty nine minutes long. Despite not being praised by critics, big surprise. Uh, the film has developed a cult following for its comical death scenes and poor special effects. It was followed by a sequel in 2000 named Jack Frost 2, Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman. A third film was planned, uh, Jack Frost 3, Jackzilla, but was canceled because of the tragic death of Christopher Alport, who died in 2008 from a sudden avalanche. He's the the sheriff. (laughs) I knew you were going to ask me who he was. I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh, but he died from an avalanche. He died in a avalanche. So yes. snow literally killed him. Uh, yeah, I actually didn't think about that. So technically, a, a snowman could have been in the avalanche. I shouldn't. Yes. I shouldn't make light of this. This no. is in real life. This happened. Yeah. Okay. He's the guy who plays Sam, the sh- sheriff Sam. Yeah, Tyler. yeah, yeah. I got who you're talking about. What is the chances? Like that's like uh the the. The kid who played Andy Barkley growing up to die in a toy store accident where dolls fall on him and kill him. Or like the the lady who is the star of Titanic dying in a boat sinking accident. Yeah, but that's at least more common than than that. Not a, not snow a killing you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, he did pass away in 2008. And because he uh, is the star of each movie, they decided to no longer continue. That he. Really played his character in real life. Yeah, it sucks too. He he seems he has like a kind face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so according to an interview in Fangor magazine, writer Michael Cooney revealed that the reason uh, he also served the what as the director was because uh, quote we couldn't afford a director. <laughs> well, what what was what was the third one supposed to be called again? I'm sorry, that stuck out to me. Jack Zilla. Jack Zilla. Okay. Yeah. That's maybe a I guess thing he was we gonna didn't be get a, a third one. <laughs> maybe the third one was there was a an snowman av- gods av- no, an avalanche. And it and he took over like that much snow and became a giant 
snowman. And then they were like, Ooh, we probably shouldn't release that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would have been probably a bad idea. Cause they could have had to just come up with new characters. They, if you're going to do that, they could have done a third one with just, this is not a movie that people are just refuse to go see because oh, this is an A-list movie, man. I don't know what you're talking about. This would have been all over the, all over the news. Uh, yeah, so they couldn't afford a director. As we'll learn in this episode, there is a lot of things that uh, money really kind of directed where this movie went. Uh, so he also claims that the Campbell Soup Let It Snow commercial, which also includes a living snowman, had three times the budget of this film. Wow. Yeah. Did they really? Do you know what the budget is? Uh, no. Oh. Could not find the oh. budget. You yeah. know it's a low budget when you can't find out how much it was. Uh, <laughs> I gotta say though, I don't know if it's if it's lower than Thanksgiving. No, it wasn't. And that low. the effects were much better in Thanksgiving. Just gonna put that out there. I know. I know people like to use the old budget excuse. Well, uh, I'll tell you something really interesting at the end of this that you're just gonna be like, "Wow!" I will. But no, I don't. I don't have a. I couldn't find a budget for it. I will say that they probably used a lot more of their budget on paying actors because there was a lot more characters in this movie, and I was actually surprised at how good the actors were that they got to play in this movie, considering the movie that it was. Yeah. Because like Thanks Killing, the acting was fucking atrocious. That's what thirty five hundred dollars get you. Uh, most of the scenes were filmed at the Fawn Lodge in uh, Fawskin, California. Never heard of that. Uh, on northwest shore of Big Bear Lake. It's funny that this movie, with their tiny budget, was able to get snow in the movie. But the Grinch movie, which is about the Grinch, couldn't get any snow. We'll talk um, about the snow at the end, too. Uh, so i seen somebody shared... Speaking of the grant, the the mean one. I'm sorry, the mean one. Yeah. The cover for that movie, or not the cover, not that cover. It was like a poster they released for it. Is literally like slashing through the snow, and it is yeah. snow, like snow, and it's like a body had been drugged through the snow or something. Well, like, that's false advertising. Yes, it is. Dragging a body through the desert, the sand. That's what they should have had. Dude, uh, <laughs> nice, nice, good old California. Uh, so the ratings for this movie, which I'm sure you're not, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're not expecting high ratings here. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, sixteen percent. IMDb, a four point seven out of ten. Letterbox, a two point four out of five stars. And the average audience rating is thirty six percent. Said sixteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yep, Rotten Tom. 16. I, I think they gave the meme one 17%. That's not right. And they gave Winnie the Pooh 3%. So they're saying this movie was five and one third times <laughs> better. I just I just can't get over that. Yeah, the meme one's huge letdown. Huge letdown. Yeah. yeah. It was not better than this. No. Uh, if you would like to watch this movie, you can find it for free on Pluto. Peacock, oh. Roku, is it View, Crackle, Amazon, Plex, and motherfucking Tubi? Thought you were gonna start with Tubi. Nope. Save it for the end. But yeah, this movie I is. I was gonna free. give you a drum roll. This movie is free on all of these 
sites. Almost like all the streamers that you can you can find it for free. But if Let's you're gonna watch it, go to Tubi. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight different sites you can find this shit for free. Must not cost that much money. <laughs> probably we could probably start a streaming service and have and only this movie. Just, just this movie. <laughs> we'll call it Jack Frost. We, we got to have some catchy like one word. It can't be like two. Booby. Call it Frost. Call it Booby. That's but you know yeah, the, the the carrot man. The carrot carrot has the most gruesome kill in this movie. Gruesome? I mean, uh, fucked up. Yeah, I wouldn't say gruesome though. All right, maybe not gruesome. Hey, we don't know. We didn't see the aftermath yeah, of that. True. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of stuff about the production of this. So that, that's pretty much all the production info I have. You want to jump into the plot? Yep. All right. So we start off with Uncle Henry telling his young niece a Christmas bedtime story. And uh, by the way, Uncle Henry is voiced by the director, who is also the writer. So that's him. Do people tell their kids fucked up stories like this in the UK? And the little girl voice was actually voiced by, uh, you know, the lady who works at the police station, Marla? Hmm. She did. I knew, knew it wasn't a little girl. I know that. Yeah, no, I could yeah. tell. She does kind of like a baby firefly laugh, too. Like she she almost nails it. Didn't, didn't catch that. I, I thought this whole movie was going to be in English accents at first. No. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Uncle Henry's telling this bedtime story, and she has requested a happy, scary story. So Uncle Henry decides to tell her the story of serial killer Jack Frost, which he pulled out the uh, gruesome one uh, right, right off the bat. Uh, who would stick knives in their faces and cut out their tummies and then step on their heads till their brains got all runny. Jack was nimble. Jack was quick. Jack gouged out eyes with candlesticks. He bashed in skulls with sticks and stones. He used iron bars to crush their bones. He would hide his kills in tiny places so he wouldn't have to see their faces. And after 38 kills, Jack got sloppy. Uh, the police ended up tracing his car and he was eventually caught. And uh, Uncle Henry informs us that uh, at this very moment, Jack is on his way to his execution. We then see three prison guards in a van transporting Jack during a very bad snowstorm. And I don't think that was a real van. I thought you were going to say snowstorm. I was no, going to agree with you. I don't think it was not a real a, snowstorm. Probably not that either, but the van... Why the passenger is like leaned up trying to look out of the same yeah. windshield. And then you can tell it's not real because it's like doing this... Uh, Fake like the, van thing? Yeah, it's like the little they're rock. They're shaking it? Yes, they're shaking, <laughs> shaking it. Shaking it on a set. And it's like, man, you know, like it was the road that bumpy. I didn't get why the passenger was literally in the driver's lap yeah, trying to like, look out of this, this, uh, I get with the one windshield one, one wiper. Windshield. Yeah. I would be like, get, get off me. Yeah, like, I'm does, trying to drive. Why, why do did, you need to see? Yeah, I was going to say, why do you need to see? Yeah. You sit over there. So Jack kills the guard in the back for his cigarette. And they cross into a small town called Snowmington. Mm. What a fucking name. Uh, which is where Jack got caught by the local sheriff there. Uh, we then see that a driver of a genetic research truck is attempting to pour some coffee into a cup. And he slams into Jack's transport van. 
and the two guards and Jack do survive, uh, but the research truck explodes, splattering an unknown chemical all over Jack, melting his skin and causing him to vomit blood. He falls into the snow where he completely, completely dissolves. Jack is dead. We are eight minutes into this movie, and it's already better than the main one. <laughs> it, it is. This it, whole eight it, minutes is better than a whole hour and a half movie. Man, when he melts in the snow, it was very uh, Tales from the Crypt. I loved it. I thought yes, it, was it was great. I'm not saying anything bad. I love Tales from the Crypt. I just, it gave you that, yeah. that 90s kind of lower budget. You know, Tales from the Crypt never had a massive budget. It was a TV show, so... You know, with that comes some cheaply done effects. And it just gave me that 90s uh, Tales from the Crypt vibe. So uh, the snow starts moving around all on its own and one of the guards shoots at it. And then we then cut to the local sheriff, Sam Tyler, and his wife and young son who are also driving in this snowstorm. We learned that uh, Sam is the one who captured Jack, but has been very worried about Jack's threats to escape authorities and return for some revenge. Sam pulls up on this accident where there is now a bunch of police cars, medical personnel, fire department, and there's some something really interesting. I don't know if you caught it. So Sam is the local sheriff in Snowmington. We know the accident happened in Snowmington. And when he pulls up and he rolls down his window to that like cop that's standing there and he's like, hey, I'm the local. And the guy's like, hey, get out of here. This is this is under this federal um, police. The guy who he's talking to is wearing a fucking sheriff's jacket. Mm. And it's like, wait, I thought he's oh, he grabbed the wrong jacket. Did he did this like FBI guy grab a sheriff's jacket? He's like, I, I just took whatever jacket was laying around like. If he works for the sheriff's department in Snowmington, then he would work for Sam. <laughs> I was like, oh, I think I don't think they had any FBI jackets. They just do a jacket maybe, on this actor. Maybe that's all the FBI had. Maybe that he's undercover. Is, maybe this is before they got their cool blue and yellow FBI jackets. This is it's a good undercover. I'm undercover as I'm a, a cop. <laughs> I'm law enforcement. I'm just down low law enforcement. Maybe it was maybe before this he was undercover. Trying to bust crooked cops. Maybe. That's it. They infiltrated the NYPD. You know how crooked they were back in the day. Probably and still. probably still. Yes. Uh, this is where we meet Agent Manners, who uh, works for the for the FBI. Does he kill that prison guard? Do you think he kills him? I don't know. Because, like, the prison guard... This he, guy's an asshole. The prison guard, is a, he's, like, trying to tell him, like, you know, about the the snow and everything and he's like freaked out and you know uh agent manners is like you know what come on let's go take a walk you know i never <laughs> I thought about like, that are guy you going to kill him i never thought about that guy again i bet you he did kill him yeah or they just threw him in like underground i mean or he's something. like let's go take a walk what about the guy like puts his hand out to i don't know if you caught that he like holds his hand out so he can help him up and no, Agent okay. Manners is just like, fuck you. Just, Let's go take a walk. Uh, he is uh, definitely a dick. He looks like uh, he is um, he's working the Jack Frost case. But we later find out 
that that's not really why he is there. He kind of makes it seem like he's there because of the whole Jack Frost uh, car wreck and then possible escape, death, whatever. But we find out later on that he doesn't give a fuck about Jack Frost. That's, that's not really why he showed up to this accident. And I think that Agent Manners could have totally been a perfect role for Steven Seagal. He, yeah, I can see he that. He has Steven Seagal vibes heart. Steven Seagal would have loved to play that role because he loves being an asshole. He's an asshole in real life. He's an <laughs> asshole in every fucking movie. <laughs> he loves playing himself. <laughs> yep, yes. Never seen He'd that. He'd have been like, I'll I'll totally punch that guy. We want, we've seen him we've seen some clips from a movie with him not that long ago where where he does like all the stuntman shots are like a way skinnier, way more fit guy. <laughs> and then they, and, like, and he sits down for almost the whole entire he's supposed to be like this SEAL team guy and he like almost never stands up out of this chair. That's funny. Uh yeah, Steven Seagal should have been in this movie. The next morning we see Sam his wife, Anne, and his son hanging out in the kitchen. Uh, his son, Ryan, is making what I guess is supposed to be oatmeal for his dad's breakfast. Yeah, I learned that later on. I didn't find that out. I was unsure about what that was. I thought he was making like, uh, like some type of dessert or something. It looked like he was like making like cupcake batter or I, some, something. I couldn't tell. It was brown. It was thick. And that, that's really it. That's all the description I could give. They are discussing the Jack Frost accident from the night before. And Sam puts the oatmeal in a baggie to take with him to work. And I thought it was a little weird that he calls his son honey. Didn't catch that. He does. He does it twice. Like once in the beginning, once in the end. But he calls him honey. And I'm like, mm, that's creeper vibes. That's weird. That's like it'd make more sense if it was like your daughter, but your son. Yeah, eh, yeah, you can call your daughter that. Your your son is uh, that's creeper vibes, man. I don't know. That's like uh, priest level creeper. I, I feel like I also want to say um, I know it's kind of fucked up, but I think their kitchen looks kind of shitty. They're going to have a very shitty quality kitchen. Well, they live in a small town. Like, uh, you so know, he probably doesn't a shitty kitchen. He doesn't make very much money. I, I think it's because, you know, my actual employment is remodeling inside of houses. We do a lot of kitchens and this is a very cheap, shitty made kitchen. Well, you know, this was 97, too. Uh, so, it's no excuse for that. So plywood. Every, everything was probably <laughs> from the 70s and 60s. Uh, Especially in this old ass town. I have another thing I'll say about the kitchen, but I will bring it up <laughs> later on when we get there. Are, are you going to announce that we're starting a uh, side podcast on our Patreon about kitchens? Um, kitchens yes, and movies. It will be hosted by me. We'll do again. kitchens <laughs> and horror movies. Uh, we then head on over to the Snowmington Snowman Building Competition, uh, which looks like it is taking place on pretty much the main street of the town. Sam pulls up to talk to some of the locals, and this is where we meet some of the town folk. Uh, we got Jake and Sally Metzner, uh, their teenage daughter, Jill, and their teenage son, Billy. Uh, the, we then have Tommy, who Jill is very into, by the way. And I don't know what the fuck Tommy's problem is, because Jill, who's played by the absolutely stunning Shannon Elizabeth, which, by the way, I looked her up to see what she looks like now. Still 
smoking hot still. Yeah, I could believe that. Um, but yeah, she's like hitting on Tommy. She's like, hey, you know, we should hang out later. Like totally given the whole like, you know, I want to fuck later vibes. And he's like, uh, uh, I don't know. Like, um, I think I might be busy. And I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, he he's uh, so she walks up and she's like, what are you working on there? And he's like. It's not supposed to be you. He's clearly like made this snowman with tits. He puts his hand on the boob while he's talking (laughs) to her too. He's like, uh, it's not supposed to be you. Like what a lame thing to say. Yeah. I don't know what's (laughs) up with this guy. Yeah. he. (laughs) I feel like he's got a, he's, I'm just going to come out and say it. I feel like he's got a little dick. Later on in the movie, she makes a comment and he's kind of like a big, Oh, what? 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 I, I, I didn't say it was big now. Hold on now. What yeah, do you consider big? At best, it's medium. At a, best. Four inches? You think that's big? Five? Am I in the ballpark? It's a small <laughs> town. She doesn't have much to pick from. Uh-huh. Uh, so then we meet Tommy's dad, which is Paul Davro, who owns the local hardware store and is constantly trying to make that sale. This dude is constantly selling this whole movie. 20% off. He's a hustler. He is. He is. So I think He's what like, he does is I think he overprices everything uh, 20% more. And then that way he can just give everybody 20% off. That's what a good salesman it's does. It's just boom. Regular. He's getting full price. That's what a good salesman does. And also, those are some really fake looking snowmen. They uh, <laughs> look furry. <laughs> they literally look like fur. It is some pretty bad looking it's, ones. It's pre- the rest of the snow in this movie is not bad, but these these snowmen here in this scene look like stuffed animal fur, like a polar bear stuffed animal's fur. We never get to see Jake's one that he's got covered up, do we? No. Like I thought I thought that was going to be like some cool shit or like a, something that added to the plot at the end and then I just realized as we were talking about that they they never exp- like what did he have under there that he had to cover up? It was so amazing. I don't know, and I don't really have, know why he takes it all that serious because the rest of those sucked. Had like the <laughs> fucking like a scale replica of the Grand Canyon under there. I don't know. Uh, so Sam heads over to share the sheriff station where we are introduced to Marla, who is pretty much like the dispatcher slash assistant. And you know her hair stays smelling oh like a Winston God. cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> my my note on that is Marla hair is terrible. <laughs> she is literally she's smoking a cigarette with a hair dryer and she is blowing the cigarette smoke directly into her puffball hair. Yeah, this is this is done on purpose back in the nineties. Yeah. That was that's how they got their nice flavor and smell. Also, her hair is dry. Her what hair, is she doing? Her hair was wet. like, you know, when you would smell like a, a, the butt of a smoked Marlboro. Ugh. That's what her hair smelled like. You know what mm. the worst smells ever is like wet cigarette butts. It's that's, ugh, that's what their shower smells like. <laughs> the old house smells like. She's like, she dreams about the, the Marlboro man. Coming and sweeping her away from her husband, if she's got a husband. Uh, so anyway, Sam walks into the uh, the sheriff's station and he sees Marla sitting there, pretty much 
blow drying her hair with cigarette smoke. And he asks Marla, what is the matter? Did somebody die? And she just holds up a note that says somebody died. So uh, it turns out that a local farmer named Old Man Harper has been found dead by some locals. And uh, it turns out that this is the sheriff's department and the town's first murder. <laughs> so I'm sh I'm sure you can guess how this investigation is going to go. But yeah, uh, old man Harper, he's just like sitting in his rocking chair, like sitting in front of his house. And he is definitely frozen with his head and neck just snapped backwards. And this is where we meet uh, the two deputies that work for Sam. Pretty sure there's only, this is the only police force in this town. It's just these three people. Uh, we have uh, Deputy Pullman and Deputy Foster. Sam asked them what uh, what ha they have investigation-wise, and they got nothing. He even asked them again, and they're like, dude, like, <laughs> we don't investigate murders. We don't have tire tracks. We don't have any. We don't have, there's nothing here. Like, the dude's just dead. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, like you, to, you want us to, we, we, we know how to give tickets. You want us to give him a ticket for being dead? In their defense, there's really not. Like, this is just an old guy that just ended up with his neck broke in a chair. They didn't even know his neck was broke at that point either. He's just dead in a chair, frozen outside. So, I guess that would be pretty tough, especially yeah. considering there's no tracks in the foot of snow. I would be a little stumped by that too. Yeah. But against their credit, uh, Sam sucks at, at <laughs> murder. Like we're, we'll get to a spot in a minute. He's terrible. He's not a good detective. His main concern throughout at least half this movie: don't let the town people find out, or they'll freak out. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny. Like the FBI dudes are like hiding shit from him, and he's trying to hide shit from the town. Yeah. This whole movie should just be called Jack Frost's Cover Up. And this whole time they're having this conversation in front of this dead body, you see the chair is like rocking back and forth and you don't even really yeah. pay much attention to it. And then finally, Sam tells one of the deputies like, dude, quit rocking the chair with your foot. I noticed what the it. Fuck? <laughs> I noticed it. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? I have no idea why you would be rocking the fucking chair of this dead guy. Uh, one of these deputies, the the one that goes by Chris does not seem shook at all about any of these murders or anything that he comes across like this whole entire movie. Maybe he's not from there. Must Maybe he be. was a cop in like Chicago or something. <laughs> but yeah, so Sam, uh, he tells them to get Doc Peters down there to look at the body and to make sure keep it quiet. Sam is troubled by this and decides to contact the FBI and ask about Jack Frost. So Agent Manners answers the call and informs Sam that the details about the accident are classified, but he can say without a doubt that Jack Frost is dead. Uh, once him and Sam end their call, we see that there is another man in the room with manners, and this guy is named Stone. And it appears that Stone works for the research company, and he has been developing some sort of serum for the government. This serum was still in the early stages of testing, and wasn't ready for human trials yet. But Manor says, look on the bright side. Now we will see what it does to a human. Back at Old Man Harper's murder scene, we see Doc Peters examining the body, 
and explaining to Sam what he has found. And he basically says that something hit Harper in the face really hard and really fast, snapping his neck. But uh, whatever hit him was not like a hard object. It was something flat and softer like a mitten. Next, we see Anne pull up to the house with some groceries. and There is a very large snowman in the driveway. This snowman's like fucking eight foot tall. It is massive and massively unfinished. Jack Zell. Yeah, at I this would, point, it's just three balls stacked I, on top of each other. I would be alarmed as soon as I seen that. I've been like, something's wrong here. This isn't a snowman. You can't just... You can't just put three snowballs together and call it a snowman. Yeah, especially considering the amount of snow on the ground at this place. There is not enough snow in your whole entire front yard to make the snowman. Yeah, this is a a big fucking snowman. This would take a long time. Nobody seems alarmed at all. Because if I pull up to my house and there's like an eight foot snowman suddenly... You know, I left, went to the grocery store, came back, boom, eight foot snowman, perfectly crafted. I would be confused because I would be like, okay, even if somebody from my household did make it, how the fuck they make it so fast? Yeah, I don't know. Like her, uh, their their son says he's going to make a snowman later in the beginning of the movie. But when he told me that he didn't make it, especially considering it's it's literally almost in front of the driveway, like it's right, it's right on the side. I that I would be able to. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't be like, oh my god, there's a killer snowman. Clearly, but I would be like, there's something, mm. something weird going on here. So once inside, uh, she finds Ryan cooking. Which for some reason, this kid's really into cooking. And uh, she mentions the snowman to him, and he says he didn't build one, but he runs out to put the carrot and mouth and stuff on it. Sam heads back to the sheriff's station where he finds a mob of townspeople upset about the old man Harper's murder. So somebody let the cat out of the bag. And uh, Paul Davero offers a 20% discount on ammo to everyone in the town. That's a pretty good discount. It is. 20% is good. Even if he marks it up 20%, if they live in the middle of nowhere and this is all the ammo that they can get without driving a really long way it's still 20 percent off of what they're normally offered uh it's a good deal i would be really stoked on 20 percent off i'd be like wow this fucking old guy died like five miles out of town and we get 20 percent off the ammo we get 20 percent off stuff anytime anybody dies is that how it works if it's, if somebody else dies did we get another 20 on top of that 40 percent off if Two we deaths. get if we get five deaths do we get free ammo Good point. As Ryan is uh, working on the snowman, a group of kids led by Billy Metzner shows up with sleds. It's the sled gang. They're, they all have their sled, to- sled, their toboggans and sleds. What are they? They're like 18, they're like 17, <laughs> 18 years old. Who's like running around with their sleds at like 18, like a group they're of like 35 teenage boys <laughs> running around with. You would think they would have like snowboards or something. I know. I got their old school, like 1955 sleds, uh, which we we learn has the like the metal, like on like the almost the ice skate shit on the bottom of them. <laughs> Clearly, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. We didn't have, and we never had anything like that. What what is up with them? Like he makes the comment, like he he's gonna beat. God damn, is it Ryan? Yeah, he's gonna beat him up again. Like he's like 18. Ryan's like 12. <laughs> 
Uh, I don't know. He's literally two foot taller than him. And you would think, too, that everybody in that town, all the kids would be like, yo, don't fuck with Brian. His dad's the sheriff. Yeah. Especially in a small town like that. Especially at the sheriff's fucking house, (laughs) like in his front yard. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, they show up and they're claiming that Ryan is blocking their sledding path, which is weird because that's his yard. And it's also not a hill. So why wouldn't you go find a hill? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Billy knocks uh, the snowman's head off to upset Ryan when suddenly the snowman's arm puts Billy on his fucking back like the little bitch he is. Just then, perfect timing, a fellow sledder is sledding past and decapitates Billy's head. (laughs) That's what Billy gets. Uh, Which, for, for some reason... Just flying in the air. Uh, Next, we see Sam just throw some snow over Billy's blood in his front yard. (laughs) I'll just cover this up. This is what this little fucking shit gets, man. Um, This is what happened. He had the great quote. Nobody says nothing behind my back. (laughs) And then he gets decapitated. The, The kid who hits him with the sled, like the sled just cuts right through billy's neck like it doesn't even get knocked off course or stop or anything it just Bro, keeps, you know those going. old sleds they probably weighed like 70 pounds it's like a car it just just kept going it's the it is a honda civic that's when honda before they made civics they made sleds oh man so so jake and sally and jill metzner are all there and jake is very upset at sam and ryan Uh, Jake is screaming at everybody, including his own family. Uh, Ryan is adamant that the snowman pushed Billy. Uh, Later on, Anne catches Sam looking at a bunch of letters from Jack Frost threatening Sam, his family, and the town folk. Anne's like, dude, fuck that bullshit. He's dead. Just throw them away. And he says, it's just not that easy. And I say, yeah, bro, it is that easy. I would have threw that shit in the trash the moment I got them in the mail. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have fucking kept that. He's like scarred by that. Yeah, I've been like, bro, you're in jail. Like, you probably have a, you're probably someone's wife in jail right now. What the fuck? Like, Sam also, he tells Jake, like, we'll, we'll talk about this later. Yeah. Like, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Like, what the fuck does he expect? Like, the guy's son just got beheaded. Exactly. Like, I wouldn't be like, all right, I'll, I'll just go home and sleep on it. We'll talk about it tomorrow. I can't talk about it tomorrow because tomorrow I got to find a place to bury my son, which is a good point. It is a good point. Yeah, (laughs) I wouldn't be like just I mean, everybody's kind of blowing this shit off. I would be fucking pissed. Yeah, it's like he's really the only one that's like mad. Yeah, yeah, because in this next scene. Uh, his wife is like, well, let's put Christmas lights on. She seems like she's blitzed out of her mind on like Percocet or she something. She is. <laughs> she She's a wine and perk wife. Yeah. Uh, we then hop on over to the Metzner residence. Sally wants to put the lights and stuff on the tree. And Jake's like, bro, what is wrong with you? Like our son died five hours ago. <laughs> yeah, that would be me. I would be pissed. I would be like, I literally am not doing anything Christmas related for the rest of this year. Like you want <laughs> to put the rest of my life. <laughs> you want to put Christmas lights on our tree five hours after our son was beheaded. 
Like, she, how much Percocet wine have you had? She's so fucked up. She doesn't even remember Billy's dad. <laughs> she told she's like, you want to get Billy and have him help us put the tree lights on? Uh, so and uh, then we see Jill come downstairs dressed like some lady of the night, looking like a prostitute with her three or four layers of clothes on. <laughs> you know, it's like he catches her like, where are you going dressed as a lady of the night? I'm like, bro, she is almost completely covered up by her face. <laughs> you couldn't put any more clothes on than this, as we learn later yeah, on. Like yeah. she got so many layers on. She may have a heat stroke. Yeah. Uh, but she leaves to go see Tommy. Jake gets angry and tells Sally to finish my scarf, bitch, going for a smoke. Well, we then get a shot of the evil snowman just sitting in Jake's front yard, which once again doesn't really pay any attention to an eight foot snowman that was not in his yard earlier. Yes, I'd be very, very confused at an eight foot snowman nah. that that magically appeared in my yard. Uh, he lights his pipe when he hears a voice, and he thinks it's Sam. He's like, Sam, is that you? You come to make peace? He, like, laughs about that, He has that the too. biggest I'm smile. Like, like, he's like, my best friend Sam's come to apologize. We can get over this. This, this, this is going to be all better now. It's all, it's all right. I, I, know, I know I lost my son, but I strengthened my best friendship. Well, what is Sam going <laughs> to say, though? Like, hey, man. I'm sorry my son killed your son yeah. five hours ago. <laughs> sorry my son says he didn't do it. I I think he's lying now. We can be friends. My, uh, my son is a murderer. You're right. It becomes very obvious that it is not Sam. Uh, Jack grabs the axe and begins to look for the mystery person. And he thinks that the person is hiding behind the snowman. He walks around and then Jack grabs the axe and effortlessly jams the axe handle down Jake's throat, killing him. Or where does the rest of the axe handle go? Like, you can tell it's not, on the shot, it's not down his throat. Like, it, unless the wood bent, which wood doesn't bend, it should have came out the back of his head. Uh, I don't know. I think we're supposed to think it went down his throat, but I, yeah, I don't know. But, not very convincing. <laughs> but Jack says, uh, gosh, I only axed you for a smoke. <laughs> Dude, there was like almost the same joke that was in Thanksgiving. When he kills, uh, was it the dude, the, the bum's wife? I mean, wife. I mean, his his dog. Yeah. <laughs> it was his dog wife. You don't remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, his wife was already dead. Um, it was the dog, and he kills a dog with the axe, and then that guy comes, and he's like... Like I only axed you. He said he makes some kind of axed joke. Yeah, yeah. I, I wish I could remember it. Uh, Sally finds a puddle by the front door. She sits in her chair and uh, basically in front of the Christmas tree, and we see that Jack Frost is now right behind her. The Christmas tree lights up and then shorts out. Sally gets up to fix it, and Jack is standing behind her. He then begins to violently wrap Christmas tree lights around her neck. He rams a red glass ornament into her mouth and then begins to slam her face repeatedly into the box of glass ornaments on the floor. Her face is bloody and covered in shards of glass. He then uses strands of popcorn and tree lights to attach her body to the tree and places the star on top of her head. 
effectively turning her into a Christmas ornament. Well, Sally got to decorate the tree. Yeah, she is now the tree. That she she really had the audacity to put those fucking lights on that tree. She doesn't remember Billy's dead. Just she just doesn't know. I don't think she cares. I think she's like, well. Got an, got an early Christmas present. He was a little, little shit. fucking bastard. <laughs> uh, so what now, was? If, if only Jill could get taken out next. All my Percocet wine, not have to deal with these fucking little bastards. What is up with the like Hawaiian vacation music that's playing while she's getting murdered? I don't know. I was like, why did you pick that? You could have picked almost anything else, but it's like, ho- like music they would play in a like hotel in Hawaii. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit at all. It reminds me of the shit like Nobody Sleeps in the Woods Tonight, how they played that weird like it wasn't like Hawaiian music, but it was like it didn't fit with the murder scenes. Yeah, they did it throughout uh, the whole movie. Did a lot of weird stuff with that movie. Well, that was I mean, it's Polish. Yeah, maybe that's a little different. I don't know. Maybe they play weird music during their murders over there. I don't Mm. know. But here in America. Hawaiian music is not good murder music. It's not really you good need to for put anything on, but vacation. Like disturbed or something. Well, not if I guess in the movie you probably just should have played some some basic suspense music. Yeah. But uh you almost make it sound like I like to listen to disturbed when I kill people. <laughs> yeah, I disclaimer, I don't listen to disturbed when I kill people. I like the sounds of silence and screams. Uh, right after that, Paul Davro shows up to drop off some salt that I'm sure he gave them 20% discount on. <laughs> and he finds Sally's body. And one thing that's weird is he didn't notice Jake's body out front with an axe sticking out of his mouth. He's walked right past that. He was thinking about that sales <laughs> sales pitch. He's like, I bet you I could sell Sally 20% off for a body bag for Jake. Uh, but yeah, when Paul walks in, Jack is still standing there and Paul freaks out and takes off. So the cops show up and Sam tells one of the deputies to uh, first go find Jill and tell her that her whole family is dead and then go get Doc Peters to come look at Sally. I'm like, wait, wouldn't you go get Doc Peters first and then no, go you find don't. Jill? You don't get the corner first, not in small towns. Like you got to notify the family, the whole town, the town's family, and other towns, and then then you bring in the corner. It's like you know we have this murder investigation that needs to begin pretty much now, but getting the corner is like uh, we'll get to that. What about Sam's like confused? They're looking at the footprint, like yeah, <laughs> like dude, you are a horrible detective. Like you would not make a good homicide detective at all yeah uh uh, they're not good at investigating things no he's terrible sam gets back to the station only to find that asian manners and uh stone are there waiting on him and manners tells him that they heard about old man harper and it fits the description of a murderer that they have been tracking sam tells them that they now have two more dead bodies and manners asks him if the two mvs have been moved yet and sam is confused and asks him uh motor vehicles i, th- I thought motor vehicles too i'm not gonna lie uh um, mv must be uh fbi talk must be i mean i don't know if we're talking about people who were murdered 
I would. I think. I feel like I'd be able to put MV as as motor vehicles, man. Every <laughs> every every town's got a DMV, and we all know what the MV stands for. It's motor V. Yeah, motor vehicles. <laughs> motor vehicles. Uh, um, I would think like dead people would have a cooler, cooler terminology with the FBI. Uh, so no, he means murder victims, and Sam. Uh, Manners and Stone all head to the scene of the crime. Manners wants to bring a task force in, and Sam asks if the case is being taken out of his hands, and Manners says, it was never in them, Sheriff. Agent Manners sucks. So fucking cool, man. See, that's a Steven Seagal thing. Like, you never had the case, Sheriff. It's always been in our hands. Yeah. fucking fucker. (laughs) Yeah, this guy's bastard. (laughs) Oh, so Stone and Manners are very interested in this puddle in uh, Sally and Jake's living room. They are calling it a footprint, and they have some kind of CSI Miami bullshit piece of technology. Uh, they say that a footprint can be as accurate as a fingerprint, which is actually true. This is true. Uh, yeah, that I once uh, came across um, a story where a man was convicted of a murder because of the the footprint on his heel from stepping on a piece of bread during the struggle. Yeah, I wonder if it was that accurate in 97. Mm, I don't know. Because I know, you know, now we have a lot better ways to measure, like, the way people stand. Like, you can take 10 people wearing... 10 different worn pairs of shoes or the the same 10 pairs of shoes and they can look at how they stand and how the indents on the shoes work and kind of match up to whose shoe was whose. But in 97, I don't know if they had that. I don't know. I, I, I got the information from like a fingerprint class that I took. You know, it was in there, but and it told the year, but I don't remember the year. You know, everybody who ever left a a shoe or footprint at the scene of a crime is is sweating. They're like, oh, God, that time I cut that lady up and stepped in mud outside. (laughs) Fuck. Uh, They stick this device in the water footprint and discover that the water can freeze and unfreeze itself at will. Uh, so basically, uh, they figure out that Jack turns himself into a puddle of water. He leaps through the back door and then turns himself back into a snowman. Manners tells Sam to enact a town-wide curfew for the night because there is a madman on the loose. and He's going to do Sam a solid. Take him out. Uh, he is arranging for a task force to arrive by midnight. Uh, they all decide to gather everyone at the local church. Paul Davro shows up in a panic, yelling about a killer snowman, and Manners, out of nowhere, punches him in the face and knocks him out. Uh, he then makes a speech about not hindering his operation or something, and I—I I, this one of my favorite parts of the movie. One of the deputies asked, what's eating him? And the other one responds, I bet it ain't his girlfriend. Yeah, I was I like, <laughs> wait, what? What did he? I had to rewind it. I'm like, wait, what did he say? What does that mean? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think he got that. Maybe, maybe in the 90s, e- eating out went both uh, ways. I don't know. He's like, he's not getting his stuff. Not getting his stuff tossed, I guess. <laughs> that guy's really into getting his ass eaten by his I'm wife. I'm always in a bad mood when I'm not getting my salad tossed. <laughs> I, I love how Cher. <laughs> Cher <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, it's just I really hard, like that scene. Sometimes you have a hard day and you just need your salad toss, man. Oh, man, know. the next time you're having a bad day and be like, you just, you're just not getting eaten out. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, like, in the background, too. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get what what he meant there. Um, uh, Sam, <laughs> Sam, I love how Sam tells the whole town that they're under twenty four hour curfew, and then the very next sentence tells them he will not enforce it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you catch that? Yeah, he's like, he's like, well, if you're walking down the street, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do anything. But this is, it's for your own safety. Yeah, <laughs> like what the fuck is the point of a curfew if you're not gonna? He's such a chill ass cop. He's a, man. He's a <laughs> pushover kinda uh sam sends deputy chris pullman to go drive around and find out what freaked paul out and then he comes across a uh while he's he's pretty much driving out in the middle of nowhere and he comes across a big snowman <laughs> in the middle of Amos, the road he almost runs it over like how do you miss this thing uh so he stops and he gets out of the car and when suddenly the snowman has melted jack frost suddenly appears in chris's cop car and then uh, backs over him with the vehicle, killing him instantly. It's yeah, a very weak cu- kill. Couple things here. Yeah, I feel almost all the kills in this are pretty weak. Uh, there's a couple that stand out. But uh, for one, I don't know if you noticed, but when Officer Chris or Deputy Chris gets out of his car, the snowman in this scene is like three foot shorter than what it normally is. Like he's like a foot taller than the snowman no so i didn't catch that clearly uh whoever was making the snowman that day fucked up well they only had, had one snowman for the whole movie yep well then they prop him up and, and there's there's no way man. you gotta go back and watch the scene <laughs> i was gonna say maybe they prop him up in the other scenes but no man maybe like, they just made and, a fake unless the guy who scene, plays deputy know. chris is like nine foot tall he is. That's he is, possible. He's a clear. Yeah, I'm sure that's <laughs> very possible. Uh, we wouldn't have noticed that he was nine foot tall. It's like double the size Camera of everybody. Trips. But yeah, he is much taller than the snowman. And for two, how in the fuck does Jack put this thing in reverse and use the pedals? Oh, that's he's easy. A whole I thought snowman. about that. I, I I thought the same thing, and then immediately my brain figured it out. He just forms legs out of snow. Like he doesn't have to be in a ball, but he's in snowman form. Like if, from if, the waist, if up. that's that easy, why don't he just go into a form of a man? That would make more sense. It would make more. I sense. I don't know. I'm not he's, Jack he's Frost. Stuck <laughs> as a snowman, and clearly he, uh, I, I guess, he makes, can form feet. He makes arms. And a couple of times in the movie, he just yeah. See, these arms. are plot holes that aren't taken care of in movies like well, this. like the awesome science behind all of this um, that they explain later on. It's very, very well. It's very obvious. Mike Flanagan's not writing this shit. I actually put that in here. <laughs> actually, that that is in my uh, ratings. Actually, oh. this is not. This clearly was not written by Mike Flanagan. Uh-huh. So then we see that Jill and Tommy are sneaking in to share Sam's house. And I guess Jill wants to get revenge on the Tyler family for her brother's death by fucking Tommy in their house. Nothing like fucking somebody after your brother's beheaded. Nothing like fucking somebody where your brother died a few hours ago with his blood still in the snow outside. (laughs) 
<laughs> Nothing like breaking into the deputy's house where your brother was killed five hours ago to have sex and before sex be wined and dined and, just and warmed li- up just, with the fire. Just live in their house like for who, an unlimited amount of time. Who does this? I don't know. Who's like, let's break into the sheriff's house and have sex, but we're not going to make it quick. We're gonna live here. We're, yeah, let's change the locks. We're we're gonna just we're gonna rent it out for the night. Squatters and she, rights. And she's she's clearly done this before. It's I like guess, she knows though. she's in. She's very comfortable. She's almost seems like she's done it in their house before. Maybe. Uh, we then get a five minute montage of both of them removing like fourteen layers of clothes. <laughs> it's it's like is this ever gonna way end? Way too long. It's like everybody's waiting for her to get naked and then it just never happens she just keeps taking more and more clothes off uh she then tells tommy if you want to fuck you gotta make me a roaring fire and get me a bottle of wine come find me when you are done yeah this is right after she mentions uh you know how big of a big of a dick he's got and he's like what and he's, he's like stops in his tracks he's like what big she's like i want me a big old black dick (laughs) he's like like, wait what what did did you uh, say big (laughs) (laughs) i did you say dick i i I think i have that i think i brought that with me uh jill then proceeds to blow dry her already dry hair for 20 fucking minutes i mean this is really long uh and i don't understand because it's dry it's not wet yeah i don't know what she's doing that either Meanwhile, she's warming herself up. Meanwhile, in the kitchen, a a snowball hits the window, causing Tommy to freak out and hide. And this is the thing I wanted to bring up about the kitchen. It drove me nuts that the drawer that he is hiding next to the handle is on crooked. Yeah. Some whoever installed the handles, whoever installed the handles on these drawers, installed that one on fucking crooked maybe they just filmed it in an actual shitty house they did like oh yeah shitty I mean, house yeah uh, maybe they're like this would be more realistic if this old shitty house has a fucked up handle in the kitchen yeah it was like dry it's just dry it's like my eye couldn't stop going to this crooked handle yeah i could watch this 10 times and wouldn't notice it uh tommy yells the classic who is out there jack burst in and said it ain't fucking frosty. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines of the movie. Uh, you like that better than uh, no, his that, girlfriend no, ain't no. eating him. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did like it better than that. Tommy begins to stab Jack with an ice pick. Jack tells him that he is the world's most pissed off snow cone while throwing him to the other side of the kitchen. He then shoots icicles into Tommy's torso and then one into his head, killing him. Yes. Now, for those who haven't seen this movie, he doesn't shoot them out of a gun. He literally holds his snow mitten out and shoots icicles out of his snow mitten. Like a fucking G. He has a built-in icicle gun in his arms. It's weird, too, because it's like he just discovered he could do that. Because he gets excited. He's like, oh, look at that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, so, uh, Jill finally finishes up her blow drying only to immediately get her fucking hair wet again by getting into the bathtub. 
Yeah, I don't, like, I don't get, but I don't get so much about this. What are you doing like, with your life, Joe? Why is she taking a bath in a house she broke into? That's weird. Why is she blow drying her hair and blow drying? She, I don't. I, there's just so much about this that I doesn't make sense. I just, I'm so lost. It's <laughs> just like, why would you break into a house to have sex and then decide to blow dry dry hair and then take a bath and get it wet? I mean, what would you do? And if then you're, fuck a snowman. What would you do if you're in the bath and like the owners of the house come home? Like your most of your clothes are in the kitchen. You don't even have access to them. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Try to do what Tommy tried to when he thought they came home and he's like, I'm not I'm not a burglar. I, I'm me, not Jill. breaking in. I'm naked. <laughs> Uh, while Jill is in the bath, we see a carrot pop up in the water by Jill's leg. Uh, she complains that Tommy must be pouring cold water in the tub, which also doesn't make sense because just open your fucking eyeballs. Um, then suddenly the bath fills up with snow. And here we go. And this is why you made yourself a carrot in the intro. Uh, Jack forms back into a snowman with Jill's arms stuck inside of him. Uh, she is screaming because apparently he is raping her. He uh, then begins to start slamming her head into the bathroom wall. Uh, if you notice as well, while this is happening, Jack's carrot nose is missing from his face. That is because the carrot is well, raping her. You, you, you know where the carrot is. I don't have to say it. Yeah, we all know where the carrot is. I was, I was so shocked by this scene. I can. I can compare it to Turkey, uh, the Turkey rape mm-hmm. and Thanksgiving, but I actually knew what that was happening in that scene. I wasn't sure if he was raping her until I noticed the carrot was missing off of his face. And then I put two and two together. Uh, we just, we just witnessed a snowman rape. We've seen a Turkey rape. Now we have a snowman. rape. Is, is he a snow rape or rape? What man? a fucking wild end of 2023 for us. Turkey and snowmen rape and murder is what we are talking about. I, I gotta, I gotta say, I think that this is the only snowman rape in the history of cinema. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> there could be others. You think that there's not, another snowman rape? Not many, but I believe that there could be one more out there. There oh, is a sequel. Man. There's a sequel. Well, all right. Outside of sequels to this movie, I just, I don't, I don't think maybe that Campbell's commercial Jack Frost that came out the next year has any rape. <laughs> Let in it, it snow candles commercial. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, man. I'm trying to think of what else, but I don't, I can't even think of another horror movie with snowman in it. Oh. that Kills, let alone rapes with his carrot nose. That's like seven inches long. She wanted a she wanted a big one. Yeah, she got a like a seven, eight, nine inch carrot. Oh, well, eventually Jill is pretty much dead. <laughs> <laughs> she she dies from this. She yes, dies from her injuries. <laughs> uh, Jack drops her to the floor, and Jack says, "Looks like Christmas came a little early for you this year. I hope it was good for you, honey." And then places his carrot back onto his face <laughs> they, they would not get away with this today uh. this, it, the world is too pc for this there's no way that they could get away with that line um or the what, scene what a scene 
Yeah. So next we see Manners, Stone, and Marla and Sam are all at the sheriff's station when they hear Deputy Chris's car pull up. They go outside where Jack tries to attack Marla. Manners shoots him, but it does not work. They all run inside where Jack starts liquefying himself through the crack in the door. Manners and Stone finally tell Sam that Jack Frost was turned into a snowman after the crash with the chemical truck. Manners then attempts to shoot the puddle of water on the floor, but it obviously does nothing, uh, which was pretty funny. I'm just going to shoot this puddle of water. (laughs) Hey, man, might as well give it a shot. Fucking Steven Seagal move right there. Uh, They run into the back of the station where they tried to set off like 20 cans of bug spray. I don't know why they have so much bug spray. <laughs> yep, that was my next question. Uh, uh, why they have a lot of bugs in the jail? Even if you got a lot of bugs, why would you stockpile that much bug spray? Uh, I don't know. That's and like they a, keep it's it like back there with the prisoners. Bought it all for the they got a town. they got a twenty percent discount on a uh, bulk box of bug spray. Yeah, that had to be what it yeah. was. But yeah, they, they're basically setting off the bug spray, like filling the air full of bug spray to stop Jack while they escape out of a back window. Sam runs back through the bug spray to get the keys to let Paul Davro out of the cell. They all manage to escape out of the window with Jack close behind them. Uh, Manners fires a bullet into the station, which causes the whole building to explode. Dude, they that, they would be fucking dying from breathing in that that bug spray. Bro, they don't go back to get the keys to let him out of the cell. They go back to unlock the window because if they shoot it, it'll blow up with them in there. They was going to leave that motherfucker in there. They forgot about him. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like he, they didn't realize until he was running back. I'm like, I was damn, just dumbfounded. he was going straight. We, Paul got straight punched in the fucking face, and then he was going to get blown up in jail, and they were just going to leave his ass in there. You couldn't leave him because you need that 20% off. And then Sam is absolutely the worst guy to ever send back to get keys. Like, I've never seen such a horrible display of grabbing keys in my life. The dude literally is like an inch away for like 45 seconds and keeps like backing off and then grab. And then he manages to drop the fucking keys. Like, how do you take that long? And then you drop the keys. Everybody in horror movies that goes back for keys drops the fucking keys. Dave, Dave wouldn't have David. Oh, David, vacancy, he would have never let that shit happen. He'd have grabbed those keys and darted right back. (laughs) He would have tied a fucking string to the keys and then the string to this belt so he couldn't drop the keys. (laughs) He thinks of everything. He would have had the keys in his pocket. Oh, man. So I guess Marla is our uh, Darla. What's her? Oh, my God. And I forgot her name. The faculty. Darcy? Nope. Darcy? Dar- Bro, you know I'm terrible with names. Nope. Uh, um, I can't remember her name. Let's see. Delilah. Delilah, yeah. Hey there, Delilah. Delilah. Hey there, Delilah. What's it like to be so shitty? <laughs> um, I'll never forget it now. I got, <laughs> I got a nice little song for later. it. Uh, yeah, so Jack is blown apart, but soon reforms. The group then quickly runs into the church to regroup and come up with another plan. Did you see when they're like 
all rushing into the door and hurry up and trying to close the door behind him. There is a guy in a red hat that just slowly wanders out of the church like nothing's happened. He's like holding a marshmallow on a stick. No. Oh, man, it's so funny because he is in another scene. Uh, the scene where um, Shannon Elizabeth's character is getting uh, murdered in the bathtub and she's like waving her arm and you could see like there's a oh, guy outside. Yeah, and he like waves down back. The road. Same guy. But he walks out of the church in this one and Jack doesn't acknowledge him. The other characters, he just walks out holding a marshmallow on a stick. Just, just, just you know, just strolls well, down the road. If Sam wouldn't have immediately turned around and said he wasn't going to enforce that curfew, maybe the guy would have stayed. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> He's like, I got to go cook this marshmallow. I'm, I'm heading out. Uh, yeah, so uh, Marla and Deputy Joe get locked out and seemingly decide to just run off and go fuck at Marla's place. <laughs> how, do, how did they get locked out? Like, how does this happen? They just close the they're, door and they just like... I, I know, know they're all together. They didn't notice like one of the people in their not very big group was two of them was missing. Well, it's funny because so this deputy kind of tries to hit on Marla um, earlier in the movie and then when Marla's like, your place or mine, he's like, all of a sudden, like, he goes from scared to just like, yeah, let's just go fuck. Like, you know, he's in. They don't even care about you this You know, anymore. he's he's into that Marlboro flavored uh, hair. The smell of your Winston hair makes me hard. <laughs> he's like, you know, he, he went from I'm about to die from a killer snowman to i'm about to get laid yeah i actually didn't catch this part the first time maybe the first two times i've seen it and then i just caught it like the last time and i was like oh they're they're gonna run off to go fuck like they're not even gonna they're not even gonna have anything else to do with this shit they're like i'm done with the killer snowman bullshit i'm out but this is where we also learn that stone doesn't want to destroy jack frost he wants to capture him because of his research. Uh, they come up with a plan to lure Jack down into the church basement and lock him into the furnace to melt him. Then we get a heroic shot of Sam, Paul, Stone, and Manners standing out in front of the church waiting on Jack. Manners says that he remembers a night like this back in 79 when suddenly Sam just cuts him off tells him to stop talking. <laughs> He's yeah. got like this heroic monologue. Yeah. I, like, hey, sh- I love <laughs> that uh, Agent Manners got shut he got up. shut down. He did. He got shut down. He had he had been playing this for probably 15 minutes and then nope, not happening. Shut up. It's my investigation now. It was never in your hands. It's never in your hands. I thought it was in my hands. Then you thought you took it from me and it was in your hands. But now it's back in my hands. It's like hot potato. I make the fucking rules in this town. This is my goddamn town. Uh, Jack then comes rolling down the street as a big-ass snowball, bursting through the church doors. Uh, The group then all pull out the hair dryers and begin to melt Jack. And there's no fucking way these hair dryers wouldn't have thrown the breaker. (laughs) One hair dryer will throw your fucking (laughs) breaker. Didn't think about that. It's, It's... the church you know there's miracles there's happening a miracle jesus they have, breaker they have a miracle breaker they do all the labels just have little crucifixes on <laughs> and it's gonna be a miracle fire when it uh doesn't throw and it causes a fire it's gonna be a lot of dry hair in that room jack slowly starts to back up until they finally trap him into the furnace locking him in and melting him 
Everyone celebrates as Stone and Manners watches Jack turn into steam. Jack forms into a snowman again. Uh, using his icicle teeth, chews Manners' face off, saying, next time, we will use mistletoe. I think that's, uh, you're being generous there with the door chew. It was, it was it was more like a very weak bite. It was like and a shark bite. It, yeah, he got which the teeth were cool. I will say so that. I, I wish they would have had the teeth in the whole yeah, time. Yeah. So that was cool. But yeah, the man literally got bit in the face and dies immediately. Hey, I knew Agent Manners was weak as fuck from the second I saw him. Well, he doesn't have a girl uh, eating him. And no Eat salad tossing going on anymore. Yeah. Uh, uh, I hope not. If his wife still tosses his <laughs> salad, uh, she's a sick one. One last time <laughs> before the embalming process. <laughs> that went dark. <laughs> I feel weird for saying that. <laughs> she's, uh, you know, she's got a cracked cold one open, just going tongue deep. For entertainment purposes, I will not be editing that out. <laughs> Stone tries to reason with Jack, offer him a deal, but it doesn't work. Uh, we then see Stone stumble out of the church towards Sam and Ryan. After acting a little funny, Stone then turns to Sam and begins to very fakely projectile vomit snow. This, this, is, this like, is not the good. It's like shaving cream. <laughs> it looks like they took a couple cans of shaving well, cream. Well, you notice, too, the actor was like moving his head slightly around. But the puke was like, you could almost see the hose behind him just spewing out this like shaving cream. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was bad. Uh, uh, this, so this. what I, the stone was like, it tries to make a deal with him that if I could make you into a person again, and then what does he eat him? No, he like it's turns like, into water vapor and then like fill, like he goes into his mouth. And then he like fills Stone's body up with which there's no way you could fit that much vapor. An eight snow. foot snowman where the vape <laughs> his body without him having to like you'd have to hollow him out. I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't know. It made him sick. Regardless, he filled him yeah. full of shaving cream. He basically yeah. killed him and then walked around in his dead body for a minute. I wonder how much shaving cream. That they had to use for that. Uh, shaving cream foams up uh, a pretty good amount, right. but God, they this like it's a long shot, and it's it's a good twenty seconds of the shaving cream, and it's not really building up into a snowman at all. It's just splattering on the ground, and then bam, it's a snowman. Well, they obviously got twenty percent off a box of shaving cream for this scene. Yeah, so this no this, big deal. At the rate he's throwing this up. It would have taken like 45 minutes for him to throw up the whole snowman. They cut that part out. Probably he was longer. literally just like throwing up for like 45 minutes. Six hours. <laughs> uh, Jack forms up again and Sam and Ryan try to escape in the police car. Water then begins to pour into the car through the vents as Jack forms up in the back seat. Ryan hits Jack in the face with his bag of oatmeal that he made for Sam and this causes Jack's face to violently melt and Sam to ask Ryan what he put in the oatmeal. Ryan tells <laughs> Ryan tells his dad not to be mad, but he put antifreeze in the oatmeal so Sam wouldn't be cold. Yeah, plot <laughs> twist. Ryan was trying to kill his dad. <laughs> if he would have ate that that morning, 
this movie would have been much different. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been. killed his father. I I think I think Ryan was trying to kill his dad. You know, I you know, you at what is he 12, 13? You know to not that people can't eat antifreeze or chemicals in general at at this age. Uh I I think there's a subplot in this movie and I think Ryan uh was obviously trying to get rid of his dad for some reason. Yeah, the thing is, is like a kid, maybe not that old, like younger, like seven. I could six. see, yeah, I could see my like four year old accidentally thinking that was okay. Yeah, and that freaked me out because I was like, mm, maybe I should never eat anything. <laughs> yeah, because that's a totally plausible thing well, for a kid to think. Hopefully, uh, my four year old never finds antifreeze because that would could take a lot worse of a turn yeah <laughs> um yeah I, I don't keep any freeze any readily f- available in the house or any other chemicals uh that can or any chemicals at all let's put it like that yeah antifreeze is a very painful death as well it is not fun at all uh yeah a lot of suicides are done with large quantities of of it because it will kill you quickly but it is a very painful death uh we then uh wait where am i at the the part where ryan is secretly trying to kill his dad and they never address it again in the entire movie ryan's not in the second one by the way yeah because (laughs) because sam killed them after he found out he had a plot to to kill him no we're gonna ship him off to military school yeah (laughs) You know, they sat down after this and was like, okay, about the antifreeze. Um, (laughs) We know that you know that 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 goes in cars, not people. That can kill people. You know, uh, when you go back and you watch it, when when Ryan's making the oatmeal, there's a big-ass fucking yellow bottle of antifreeze (laughs) on the counter, too, right next to it. I never picked up on that. We had a lot of antifreeze in this town. Uh, just then, uh, Paul hit Jack with his truck. Uh, Sam tells Paul to take Ryan and go fill the bed of his truck up with all the antifreeze he has and meet him in front of the church. Sam then lures Jack into a building to set his trap. And this was weird because it was like Sam broke into like a whorehouse. Did you notice that? Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, I noticed that there was some shit going on. I was very confused at what was going on. Well, not what was going on. I think it was clear of what was going on yeah. behind the doors, but where they were at, where this was happening. Like, like did they there have is prostitution? A small town were? prostitution ring running right next to the church on the main street of this Sam, town. <laughs> Sam's like, look, this is literally brings in half of the tax money that this town brings in. Like, there's nothing we can do. There's only like 30 people in the whole town. You'd have to give people, you'd have to give everybody like three speeding tickets a month to just bring in any kind of revenue. Like, you know, this, this brings in 30 people a week worth of extra revenue. We can't do anything about this. Yeah. It's very obvious that Sam turns uh, his is back. Sam's like, there's a lot of house, a lot of massaging going on in in that hotel. It's right next to the fucking church too. Like, 
Oh, well, every though. good whorehouse is right next to a church. You know <laughs> that's that. That's where the good ones are. <laughs> uh, so Sam and Jack face off in the hallway of this place. Jack slams Sam into a wall and stabs him with an icicle. Sam then throws himself and Jack through a window where they both land into the back of Paul's truck, which is full of antifreeze. Sam begins to rip Jack apart as he melts. I don't think it's safe for Sam to get that much antifreeze in his mouth. I think that Sam probably would die. Don't ask Ryan after. <laughs> Ryan's like, yes, my dad won't get cold. I don't <laughs> think you could swim in a jacuzzi size amount of antifreeze and be okay. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's also addressed the fact that it would have taken hours to manually fill up the entire <laughs> back of this truck yes. full of antifreeze. He and it would have even... taken a lot more antifreeze than what they showed. Like, well, you know, he mixed it with water. He 50-50 mixed that shit. Even then, even if you water hose the back of the truck and filled it up very quickly to fill up half of the truck with any, like, do you know how long that would take pouring get a gallon of antifreeze at a time? You know, damn well that Paul sent the town a bill for that shit afterwards too. And there was no, no 20% off. <laughs> He's like, I can't do it. I can't do the 20 on that. I mean, I have no more antifreeze left <laughs> Like, yeah, there hasn't been enough murderers in this town for me to do 20 on that much antifreeze. Uh, that's that's literally, I will have to mortgage my $12,000 house. And his son, you know what? His son Tommy's dead. Nobody nobody knows that him and Jill are dead. Yeah. They yeah, won't find this out until they go home. <laughs> yeah, and they're going to be really confused when they find Jill and they, they call get- the doctor and he gets there and tells them how Jill died. They're going to be like, that bastard. <laughs> yeah, Doc Peters is going to be like, well, you know, there was a lot of uh, um, incisions in the, in the vagina area. So They're going to be like, damn, Billy, what did he do before he died? <laughs> <laughs> we knew he was a sick kid. It's carrot residue down there. That old carrot cake. Uh, we then see Sam and the others draining what is left of a now liquefied Jack into antifreeze bottles. Uh, they then start placing the bottles into a grave that they already have dug. And uh, they begin to throw dirt onto the bottles. And we start to see the bottles glow green and bubble as music begins to play. Yeah, they should have came up with a more foolproof plan than that. Uh I don't think it's a terrible plan. I think I mean, it's a, they don't know I, what else. They don't know how to get rid of it. I 100% knew that there was going to be a second one when they came up with this terrible plan. Okay, if you're going to seal it up, obviously you got to seal it up and get rid of it. But don't put it back in the bottles. You you got to think all that antifreeze. It was probably like 600 bottles of antifreeze to fill up the back of that truck. I don't know, maybe not 600 gallons, maybe 250 gallons. 250 bottles, like one of them, the chances of one of them leaking with all that weight sitting, I just didn't. I just, I just I gave like it's a bad the government. Plan. Just here, you, yeah. you guys do whatever you're going to do with them. Just get him the fuck out of here. Well, what do they tell the government? The two government agents are dead now in this town, too. The FBI is going to show up like. Why is our two agents, well, one of our I don't agents. Know, they might and, know. They might know what's going on. 
you think there's there's some even more seeker agents that are in the there's the always guy, more the guy with agent. the marshmallow oh he's the real he's head the, guy he is he's the real that's why no one recognizes him and no one talks to him at the town there's a whole subplot that we don't know that he's hiding from them yeah and he's, it ha- the, and, and it's tied is, in the case with, is really with, in his hands with ryan trying to kill sam with the antifreeze we could write a whole back. Sam back and, and Sam and Manners never had it in their hands. They yeah. thought they did, but they never did. You know, what if you would have just put the antifreeze in all the vehicles in the town? <laughs> just tracked Jack and Jack and the radiators. And he wouldn't have been able to turn into <laughs> a snowman. Do anything? Literally, nothing he could do. I don't know. Some somebody's got a leak a in metal, that town. A I'm, metal cage. <laughs> judging by that town, I would say at least half of the cars have coolant leaks. But yeah, that is the end of Jack Frost. That is the end of the story in Snowmington. So that was such a creative name for a town. Yeah, Snowmington. that doesn't even have that much snow. And they have a snowman competition. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna get into some interesting stuff that uh, I. Th- think is really cool about this i thought it was it it adds to the story a little bit some of it some of it 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 makes this movie make a little more sense than what we just watched uh so this was shannon elizabeth's first ever acting role in a movie and her first nude scene after this film she went and got breast implants and landed the american pie roll (laughs) Uh. (laughs) yeah She's like, oh, I gotta implants. do, I gotta get some boob implants because I can't do another one of these movies. <laughs> yeah, and I it worked. <laughs> I didn't know that this was her first movie. Yeah, I was wondering movie. how they got such a big name. It wasn't a big name then. Nope, man. she had little name boobs, and she literally gets cast in American Pie to a look hot and b to show her boobs. And uh, because like she doesn't hardly have even any speaking line, like she tries to speak like she's a foreign student in American Pie. So they didn't even like want her to hardly like don't act, just get naked and be hot. That's all we want you to do. So she was she did American (laughs) Pie directly after this. Uh, I don't I don't know if she did anything in between the two. Just when I looked it up, it said that she got she did this movie she got breast implants then she got american pie and american pie did come out in i think 1998 so it would be right after this movie so she got hired in two movies out of her two movie career to be naked in them both yes Mm -hmm. hey she looks fucking great naked you can tell how she she rose to stardom that naked scene in american pie was like you know, my puberty make kicked you, into overdrive. Did, <laughs> did you go find a pie after that? Did you ruin a pie? I started <laughs> fucking pies for two years afterwards until I uh, had to go to counseling for it. Hope, I, hopefully my, Jack Frost didn't make the pie because you may have got a piece of some, uh, some, some ears and some nose. We didn't mention that in the story. Oh, yeah. In the, the beginning. beginning, he cuts people up and makes them into pecan pies. That gets shipped to be fucked by teenagers. <laughs> uh, so the place that they filmed this movie was uh, supposed to have snow. <laughs> it was winter there. They they literally filmed it in the winter at this place because it was known for having snow. Um, but 
it was a really warm year that year and also a drought. <laughs> wow, that's bad luck. <laughs> the temperatures were sometimes up into 70 degrees while they were filming. So where did they get the snow from? They had to improvise with foam and cotton balls. Yeah, foam and cotton balls. <laughs> I guarantee this had a lower budget than the meme one. And they still uh, took the time to make sure that there was some fake ass snow. Yeah, if you look at the snowman building competition scene, there's no snow on the sidewalks, no snow on the street. There's no ice on the street. It's literally just that one little area where they're building the, the snowman, which look furry. They're not even made of foam. And um, it's just that one little spot they have roped off where there's only snow. Other than that, there's just no snow on the street. Do you think they got 20% off on all foam. the cotton balls and foam they had I, to buy? I hope they did. Well, I'll give them props. I'll give them props because they made it at least feel like it snowed some. Even they a little tried. bit. They did. It felt like a, a winter movie. I'll give them that. Yeah. Like It felt like a winter movie where some other movies that are supposed to feel super winter-like that have green furry people who kill people in that live on a town in the mountains where it's fucking covered by snow. And uh, I'm sure they had a bigger budget and they didn't take the time to make any fake snow. So props to them for trying. Yeah. Uh, originally the film was supposed to be an action film set in a big city with a 25 or $30 million budget with Nightmare on Elm Street 4's director, Rennie Harlan. Do you remember Rennie Harlan? Nope. You will in a second. You remember when we watched the Never Sleep Again documentary, and he mm -hmm. is the Finland guy who kept coming yep. over and over and the over guy the who new was, line? Yeah, the guy who was who was banging the lead character, and he her, one yes. of the lead characters, and he put her song as the main song in the movie. Yes. Because she wanted to be a singer. He was like broke, and he came to America, and he literally went to New Line every day and was like, let me direct a movie. And finally, they were like, fuck it, let that guy direct a movie. This is back when they just let anybody off the street direct a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. But that's him. He ended up being a big director after that. And uh, so he was going to direct this movie with a almost like around $30 million budget. It was an action film at the time. And uh, unfortunately, though, his girlfriend, which is actress Gina Davis, um, thought it was the worst thing she had ever read <laughs> and talked him out of doing it. Wow, that guy and was so desperate. Is this after? Nightmare. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This he had become a big director. He was like a okay. Because Nightmare was, on Elm Street Four. I was gonna say if he was still showing up at New Line, that desperate, and even he turned it down. Yeah, that's no, pretty bad. Um, you know, because you had Dream, yeah, 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 Dream yeah, Warriors yeah. I, and was huge, and then Four. I didn't think of the timeline when yeah. Four came out. Yeah. yeah, he was like a huge director attached to this movie, and then when he decided that he wasn't gonna do it, um, the studio just wanted nothing to do with it after that. So. Yeah, four came out way before ninety seven. That's yeah. like late eighty or late eighties, right? Yeah, I think it's a very very, very, very late eighties. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so this would have been a complete different movie if Gina Davis wouldn't have thought it was total garbage. Hmm. 
so I don't this, know about an action movie. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, so this is really interesting. The original Jill death scene was not a rape. They had filmed it, and when they were editing it, the editor brought it up to the director and was like, "Dude." do you realize this looks like he's raping her? Uh, and the director was like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, so and they couldn't go back and refilm a different death scene. Uh, so they just said, fuck it, we'll just go with the rape thing. So what they did was they just filmed Jack saying a bunch of bad sex puns at the end. <laughs> and just called it a day. It was like, ah, eh, fuck it. And you may wonder, well, you know, what about like the, his nose being missing and stuff? Um, so the reason that his nose is missing is because during the scene when they were filming it, um, they actually had the snowman guy in the costume and Shannon and Elizabeth. They were kind of uh, attached to this like scissor type device and they were filming it and his nose poked her in the eye. <laughs> which caused them to have to call the medics and his nose fell off when it stabbed her in the eye. Damn, it must have <laughs> fucking stuck. Good God. Yeah, they didn't. She's not blind. They didn't put it back on, but they ended up eventually once the medics were like, she's good now. They ended up finishing the scene. But yeah, the whole entire her being raped and the carrot, be, like raping her, like none of that shit was, that was all just, I a feel co- like coincidence. I feel like that's got to be a cover story. <laughs> like, how else did he kill her in that? Like, you know, I didn't want to believe it was like I like I said at first, I'm like, is, is what I think happening happening? Uh, and then the chances of the nose being missing. How if it was filmed not as a rape, how would she have died? Well, he was slamming her head against the wall. Not very hard. Not well, not very hard. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's. I don't know how you have a whole crew of people filming this, and then you get into editing, and then you realize what this looks like. You don't even realize the editor realizes it, and it's like, "Hey, dude, you know that this looks like this." He's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> it's yeah. like, no, I don't have snowman sex fantasy yeah. no i, I, can't, I can't totally don't have snowman porn on my browser history no there's there's no no way no no uh snowballs strike back all right so this is the last one and i think this definitely makes more of this movie make sense uh once the big budget action movie idea fell through uh it was just going to be like a straight up horror movie like this was supposed to be actually scary but uh then they got the snowman costume that was made for the movie. <laughs> it was so bad. They had to make it and do a comedy. And they were like, fuck, man, no one's ever going to be scared of that. And they did not have enough money to have any other costumes. But that's why I said there's only one. There's only one outfit. And it's actually made of rubber. And uh, so then they had to go back and rewrite this as a horror comedy. So that's why a lot of this movie seems like there's a lot of parts that seem like a serious movie. And they're just like comedy kind of sprinkled into some scenes. I will say there's not much comedy really other than the one liners that Jack uses. There's not, it's not, you know, as like, if you compare it to like Thanksgiving, 
that is clearly a comedy. Yep. Like you watch that and it's clearly meant to be fucking funny. This is more of a, it seemed like they were trying to make a serious movie and they dropped some funny one-liners in there, here and there. But it's mostly like it was meant to be a serious movie. Yeah, that's that's why I said this. That actually makes this movie make a little more sense because uh, the first time I watched it, I went into it with the mind frame of that it was gonna be like Thanks Killing kind of, and then I'm like, man, there's a lot of serious stuff in this. Yeah, so I I feel like it would have been a funner movie if it would have been less serious. If it would have been more more over the top like Thanksgiving was. Um, but it makes sense of why now, considering that it was it was meant to be a serious movie. I think that they could have kept it as a horror movie, but they would have had to not really show Jack much. He would have had to be in the shadows for most of the movie, and it kind of be one of those things where you kind of see him better at the end of the movie. But with him having the personality and the character that he has and dropping the one-liners and shit, uh, very hard to take serious. Yeah, I think I have never seen the sequel, and I bet you the sequel has a lot more comedy in it because they probably had a bigger budget. They knew more along the lines of what they were going to be doing. I mean, dude, they had to change. They had to add this comedy in like right before they shot the movie. They probably so. also shot the second one at a place that actually had snow, so they didn't have to use half of their $2,000 budget on snowballs. Or not snowballs, uh, cotton balls. All right, so ratings and kill count. The total kill count is 10. We have uh, the prison guard, Jack Frost, Old Man Harper, Billy Metzner, Jake Metzner, Sally Metzner, Deputy Chris Pullman, uh, Tommy Davro, Jill Metzner, and Agent Stone. That Metzner family, man, they really, they really got hit hard. Wiped out. Favorite kill. My favorite kill was Sally. I I figured you were gonna go with Sally. I, I had a hard time figuring out if I wanted to go with um, with Jack Frost, the death in the beginning, or Sally. I think Jack Frost, the kill, looks cooler and it looks better. But considering this is supposed to be a Christmas movie, I liked her kill better. I, it was more entertaining. It was fun. I didn't. I, I, didn't, I liked it. I didn't consider his. I kind of forgot about his. I was thinking of Jack Frost, the snowman killing people. Um, that is a good one. I. I figured Sally was going to be probably your pick. I think when it comes to thinking about kills, that's the first one that comes to mind. So uh, I didn't go with that because I figured that was the obvious choice. Uh, I went with Jill's death scene. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's what I did in Thanks Killing. You know, there's not a whole lot of awesome looking kills in this movie. No, there's really not. It is some weak ass kills. Uh, So I chose the the, by far the most shocking and rare manner of death and uh, probably the only snowman rape in cinema history. So uh, it's, it's a one and done thing. I went with that. It literally it made cinema history. 
in a thousand years when they no longer make movies, they're going to look back on this movie and remember it for this skill. Uh, Shannon Elizabeth, make sure that you stop by our home to pick up your award, your Grindhouse Syndicate, a horror podcast award for being a part of the first and only snowman rape death scene. Yes, we will not poke you in the eye with a carrot. Not with a carrot. <laughs> <laughs> you think if you think if she would have had a eye patch on, uh, she would have got that American Pie part still. You know, one thing that I am waiting for a one of these lower budget horror funny movies to do. I think it would be so great. Is like as the movie goes on, just get a different actor to play a character like dress the same and, and just don't acknowledge it in the whole movie. See, that would have been like a thanks killing type thing. Like, like if, if they would have did that in the movie, it would have, you know, if it every been scene funny. was like a different sheriff Tyler. It was just a different actor, but no one in the movie ever addresses that. This is a complete different person. Why doesn't anybody do that, man? That'd be, that'd I'm be sure fucking it's hilarious. It's had to have been done on like a, a comedy B movie at some point. <laughs> Oh man! So rating time for a rating. Yeah, this is. Oh, you're up first. I did favorite kill. So, all right. I man, I'm looking at my rating now, and I feel like it's it's a little high. Oh, so I'm gonna um, I gave it I gave it a three. Okay. I gave it a three. It's it's overall you know a good horror comedy mix. I guess more supposed to be horror, but. Uh, look, when it comes down to it, I gave it a three for Jack Frost. That's it. <laughs> Jack Frost. And it's the same thing I said when I did Thanksgiving. Uh, I think I rated that a little higher. But, uh, you know, Jack Frost, the little one-liners were fucking great. The terrible-looking snowman costume was great. Uh, I was actually, I will say I was surprised Considering the script of this movie and kind of going into it thinking kind of like Thanksgiving type thing, I was surprised at how good the actors and acting was in this movie. I'll give them that. Uh, for as little money as they probably had, the acting actually wasn't, but like, you know, the, the main character, uh, Sam, was, you know, I thought he did good. I thought is it Shannon Elizabeth? Mm-hmm. She did really good being naked. Um, I thought the movie was actually shot overall pretty good too. But it's not a uh, with with those said, it, you know, it's the kills were super weak. And I think it just didn't have a lot of Mike, money. Mike Flanagan definitely didn't <laughs> write the story. There's a ton of small plot holes that really don't matter in a movie like this. So yeah, it kind of balances it out. Uh, 2.83, somewhere in there. Mm. I gave it a 2.2, uh, mostly mostly because it it has a hard time deciding if it wants to be a serious or funny movie. Like I wish it would have just went either way. You know, it's really hard to rate this movie because they had such a hard time making this movie. That's why it is the way it is. Uh, another thing I didn't really bring up before is they were actually, once they lost the like $30 million big studio, they ended up with a small bank. 
right before they started filming, that fucking bank went at bankrupt and went out of business. So they had to, they had to go to another bank and quickly get funding. Um, they showed up to the place and there's a fucking drought and there's no snow and it's all of a sudden 70 degrees. Uh, yeah, they just had a lot of bad luck making this movie. They didn't have enough money to do the kills properly. Uh, it's unfortunate. I rated it two points. I don't think it's super great. It's not bad. This is probably not a movie I would recommend to too many people. I guess if you're a fan of these kind of movies, I would recommend it. But one thing I do really like about this movie is the the um, how the kills are timed in the movie. Almost all of them, you would get two kills in a sequence instead of one. Like you don't have to really wait a long time for a character to die. And a lot of times when someone does die, another person dies immediately afterwards. And that's one thing I, I did like about it. But Yes, they killed a lot of people. Yeah, I mean it, it's weird because it's only a ten there's only ten people that die in the movie, but it feels like more because they're so just they they're consistently happening throughout the whole entire movie. Yeah. Uh, one thing that was weird about this movie and why, you know, I kind of had a really hard time rating it and I I feel more comfortable with that two point eight than three point That's why when I was looking at this, I was like, Man, after going over the movie I feel like three is a little high. It's two, two, around the 2.8. Why I have a hard time rating these type of movies that are like horror, comedies, kind of like Thanksgiving, is normally the movie is absolutely done horrible. But it's so funny. It's a fun movie to watch. So like when we did Thanksgiving, we did two different ratings because it's actually a terrible movie, but it's a fun movie to watch. So you want to rate it higher than it was done. This is kind of the opposite. Um, not as much funny stuff as I would have liked in it, but it was done really well for the amount of money that they had to make the movie. And the situation. Yeah. Yeah. So considering the situation and, you know, I just expected... With the low budget for the cinematography to be horrible, the acting to be just absolutely B-movie acting. This is not B-movie actors. Um, like, it, it, the actors aren't horrible. The cinematography's not horrible. You know, obviously they worked their ass off to get some fake snow on set, but they, they pulled it off. Um, so it was, it was weird with this one. It was kind of the opposite of what these movies normally are when it comes to a struggle for the rating. It was definitely, I would have liked for there to be more comedy in it, but it was done really well considering the circumstances. So that's why I feel comfortable giving it at least a 2.8. Yeah, as a movie, you know, I'd give it a 2.2. As a, I don't know, man, as an overall thing, man, I'd give it a 4 because I feel like the people that were involved in the movie did, they did a really good job. They probably worked their asses off. They probably was extremely stressed out. Uh, the whole everything that just kept going fucking wrong. Yeah, from the time they seen that snowman outfit, it was dress. Well, probably from the time they lost that $30 million and they were like, oh man, you know, most people would have just gave up on the movie after that. But, and then they couldn't even afford a director. The guy who wrote it had to direct it. And he, I tried to look and see other stuff he directed and it's not, it's not very much stuff. Could you imagine the ideas that you would have 
thinking you're about to get a $30 million budget and then you wake up and find out, nope, you're going to have to make it on about $3,000. All because of somebody who's not affiliated with the movie at all. Yeah. It was just dating somebody that was going to do the movie. So Somebody who don't even make movies. Uh, yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll watch this again and I do want to watch the second one. Um, I definitely think it's kind of a good Christmas time staple. I don't know if I'd put it on staple. But I do think it's at least once every couple of years. That's the level I put it. I'm not. I wouldn't say oh December like how we felt when we watched Trick or Treat for the first time. We're like oh, this yeah. is now a staple of Halloween. I wouldn't put it on staple, but I will say at least once every two or three years, I will definitely watch this during Christmas time. Speaking of Trick or Treat, thank God. <laughs> Our next movie is done by Michael Doherty. <laughs> uh, we're going to do Krampus next. We're finally going to move into a much bigger budget movie. Yeah, this was too rough. <laughs> too, too rough ones Low in a row. budget, low everything movies back to back. Um, so we saved what we hope is the best for last. <laughs> yeah, I hate to say it, man, but, uh, you know, I was... Um, it's just two weeks. It's the first time since we've been doing the podcast. Just two weeks in a row, I've been let down. Yeah, you know, a lot of the movies I'd seen in the past, I already knew that this was two, probably the first two movies in a row that I hadn't seen. But yeah, man, I wanted more comedy out of this movie, and so I was a little let down there. And last week was a full around fucking letdown. I don't regret doing this movie at all. And I don't regret doing last week is why we do the podcast. You know, Uh, there's going to be good movies and there's going to be bad movies. Well, uh, once again, we thank you guys for listening. Please give us a follow or like if you enjoy the show. It helps us probably a lot more than you guys realize. Uh, Tell a friend, a family member or your local uh, mutant serial killer snowman. And uh, we hope to see you next time. Uh, any last words? Don't let your kids around the antifreeze. Uh, this episode is 20% off. Yes, and shout out to Tupi. <laughs> <laughs>